Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. We're in very unprecedented times at the moment and whilst there might not be much action happening on the pitch, there's plenty happening off of it. Joining me today is podcast regular Chris Errington. Hello Chris. Hello Jack, welcome back to the office. Thank you very much, it's been, been nice to be away <laughs> and come back to a zombie-like apocalypse. You've, you've, you've been out of the country, haven't you? So you've been uh, enjoying yourself. So, I've been enjoying um, myself in Croatia, yeah. Very, yeah. very nice, uh, nice, very nice place. It's, it's weird, isn't it? I, I've always as I said to my friends, you know, Croatia and Slovenia I went to as well. Oh. It's not somewhere I think is top holiday destinations, oh. but I highly recommend it. Yeah. Lovely to drive through, you know, essentially motorways that have views of mountains and things rather than just bushes oh. and whatever we see going up the motor or you see especially any football grounds visited no, or seen or no, anything like that no, no. I didn't because my friend that I went with didn't like football but I no, would have no. loved there was a game in Zagreb the night I was in Zagreb yeah. and I was tempted but uh, <laughs> it's not fair on my friend to just go no, off and uh, no, probably ditch him but so yeah I'm back and a bit of a weird one for you at the moment I imagine yeah well for everyone isn't it uh, to have the season suspended so abruptly and suddenly um you know, I was meant to be playing Morecambe on Saturday. I had my uh, hotel all booked mm. for Chorley, um, so I had to cancel that. Uh, because of a few issues with the work pool car, I had a hire car all ready, ready to go. Very nice pool car, actually. You'd have liked it. So it was uh, almost brand new. So I was looking forward to, <laughs> to driving that up the M5 and M6. And um, in total, during its stay with me, I, I think it went four miles. Your, your best car you've ever driven? I, I drove it from work, home, back from home to work, and that was it. So, um, yeah, when the uh, the lady from Thrifty came and picked it up this morning, I, I started to explain why I'd um, it not got many miles put on it, and she said, don't worry, she said, all the cars I'm picking up today are exactly really? the same situation. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, it was very strange. I mean, Saturday after... I, I don't like Saturday afternoons off when, say, Argyle haven't got a game, and you know, like, next weekend, we would have had the Saturday off anyway, because yeah. Argyle should have been playing on the Monday against Exeter. Um, so I don't like it when Argyle aren't playing, but other, there's other football going on. To literally be on a Saturday afternoon and there'd be no sport, no football, and basically no sport. Mm, it's a very unique scenario, isn't it? I ended up in the city centre doing a bit of shopping. Um, so... Um, but we did uh, we did fit a trip to the waterfront for a quick uh, drink and uh, and had a chat with Josh or uh, our guy there who's a big Argyle fan and not all bad then no but it was strange was it it's, it's strange like you say it's strange times uh, uncharted territory I thought I was going to come back uh, to work and see you suddenly being the court reporter or something <laughs> just, just to try and pick up some shifts well you know who knows <laughs> you might see Chris trying to. Ask you questions on the street about uh, random things I've, at some point. I've done some random things already. I mean, I've, I've already done a story about how Argyle and Exeter are going to play each other at Connect Four next Monday night, um, which, is a good, which is a good yarn. The two sort of media teams have sort of come up with this challenge where at the time that the two teams should have been playing the Devon Derby in front of 18,000 people at Home Park, um, they're going to be doing a, a game of Connect Four copy and paste on, on Twitter. Not something you thought you'd be writing about. Uh, it's not something that I thought I would be. No, it's it's, it's strange times, and it, it is obviously very serious, mm, isn't it? Yeah, of course. But I I do also believe that you've got to try and have a bit of fun and and retain a bit of a sense of humour yeah. as well, haven't you? Because um, 
that will get everyone, you know, hopefully through this situation as as quickly and as best as possible. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's a weird time. Well, we're moving on to talk yes. more about the coronavirus in a little yes. bit. Um, firstly, obviously, as I mentioned, I've been away for two weeks. And I got <laughs> I've got back and I've gone through my emails this morning, and there was yep. a question sent in from Richie PAFC just after the Bradford game and yes. even though it's not just it's not specifically talking about that but it's an important point yep. so we'll talk a bit about football before yes. we get on to everything else okay you've got a good script there Jack considering we've got no football that's a, that's a good script <laughs> it's not a bad script yeah. is it good work so the question from Richie PAFC is Ooh. do you think it's time for some pitch and surface standards in the EFL watching Chris's updates on Saturday that was for the Bradford game it seems the referee had concerns over the pitch with two pitch inspections without it actually raining I'm not sure that it's the same for both sides is acceptable. It wouldn't have been acceptable for Villa and City. I know it would need some FA investment, but this is a professional game with fans paying and travelling. And if clubs can't present an acceptable surface like in cricket, the game should be cancelled. Perhaps the ref should be asked to look at the surface quality on a Friday. You guys go round to these grounds. What do you think? Yes. So that's, that's a good relevant point from what we saw um, up at Bradford. Um, I mean, the funny thing was up at Bradford, they, they had those, those lights, you know, they put on wheels, do you yeah, know, they're yeah, sort of like a yeah. metal frame, and they have the lights um, that shine down to, to encourage grass growth, don't yeah, they? Yeah. And when I was stood waiting to see Ryan Lowe after that game, they wheeled this thing past, past me with the lights on, and I thought, really, there's no grass on that pitch, you know. It's not a miracle work. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think mud's going to be enhanced too much by those lights, but... Um, I do think it's it's difficult because the old style pitches like the one at Bradford, mm-hmm. you know, are going to always be susceptible to rain, and we do seem to get more rain than we've ever had before. I think I saw the Met Office said that February twenty twenty in the UK was the wettest ever. Mm. So there is that challenge that football is going to have to face if we are going to get wetter and wetter winters because of climate change potentially. They're going to have to look into doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, some teams have had pitch covers and what have you, but you know, if you had them all on, on all the time, the grass is never going to see any light. You know, you'd be pulling them off, or another shower's coming. They'd be on and off all the time with rain, wouldn't yeah. they? So it's difficult to know what to do. The lower-level clubs are not going to be able to have these sand-based pitches as, as much as they are. Um, they're not going to have the ground staff in terms of the size of the people working to, to try and mitigate things. Um, I think at some point we'll come back to the, well, should lower division clubs have 3G pitches? Because at least they'll be able to uh, maintain them to a better level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all right in the Premier League when they've got rows and rows of lights, artificial lighting and this, and they can do all sorts of things. You didn't see that Richard Hammond's big series where he no, did a visit not... to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? No. And all the lighting and the facilities they've got there is just a world away from Home Park, Valley Parade, Bradford, whatever. So, but is there a case to be said? I'm not talking about teams that potentially don't have much money, mm. but is there a case for if teams are splashing out big money on transfers that they should be having to spend money looking after their pitch first and foremost? Because there are going to be some teams that have mm. decent budgets and yep. don't put any of it into the ground. Yep. There is there some sort of argument, or is that is that hard to police? Because what, my point being, yeah. why, why should teams be able to splash on transfers when teams like Argyle don't, but they look after their pitch, for example? Or... But if you've got a good pitch that doesn't need a lot of maintaining because you've got it in a really good condition and you've perhaps paid for a pitch and it's, it's a high level, you know, should you be limited on what else you can spend just to have some sort of cap on what you can and can't spend? 
because other clubs haven't invested in yeah. their pitches and their pitches are poor. Um, do, you, do, you, do you think Rich has a good point though, you know, that, that fans do pay a lot of money and travel well, yep. and sometimes, you know, we've seen it, you can't play good football and, you know, if you were going to watch a theatre show and yep. the set was collapsing, yes. you, you would ask for your money back or it wouldn't be seen as acceptable but in sport... I, I agree with Rich that the argument it's the same for both sides isn't acceptable because that was a pitch that you were never going to get a good game of football on it. Um, it was impossible. I suppose, what was it, a fortnight before that Argyle played crew at Home Park when there was a couple of pitch inspections yeah. and the Argyle staff managed to get the game on and forked and forked and forked and it eventually drained all the water away. And we did get a really good game of football on that one. Yeah. But the problem with the Bradford one, it was just so muddy that it was, it was always going to be very difficult. So it isn't acceptable. I think it is an issue that football is going to have to address because we are going to get wetter winters by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, FA investment, yeah, the, the FA has plenty of money. Um, but there's calls for FA investment in all levels of football and, and all sorts of things. We might well need FA investment or FA funding to keep some of our lower league clubs going after the coronavirus has, yeah. uh, has been and gone and you know there's going to be clubs financially that are really stricken because of what's going to happen now so um, I, I think mean, what, I the one point I would just make perhaps the refs should be asked to look at the surface quality on a Friday I think that's that's a possibility because I saw a picture on Twitter of the Bradford ground on Friday don't know who took it I wasn't totally sure if it was 100% you know genuine mm. but on the Friday, and it, it looking at what I saw on the Saturday, and looking at that picture, that was a genuine picture, and it was it was awful, mm. and you could have almost foretold then that the pitch was going to be very close to being off. Perhaps there is a case that referees should look at. You know, if there is any doubt, get somebody to. It might not be the match referee, but a match uh, a qualified referee to go in and have a look, and maybe uh, you you call it off earlier. The worst nightmare for any football club is to have a game called off on a Saturday morning because the staff will be there or arriving, the food will have been done, everything. Or everything. If you do call games off yeah. on a Friday, you, you run the risk of people turning around and saying, oh, you called it off too soon. But, but it does save a lot of hassles yeah. on a Saturday if you do end up having to call it off. That crew game you mentioned, if that mm. had been decision been taken on the Friday, would that game have been called off, the one that would end up being played? And yes. quite good for, it's a tough one, isn't it? It, it's, it is... Uh, I'm not you know, sure. We went to Scunthorpe, was it last year? Yeah. Or was it the year before at yeah. Easter? And, mm. you know, you could tell that game wasn't going to be played. And perhaps if someone had been there at mm. Friday, that would have been cancelled and saved everyone time. It's, it's tough. Richie, you do raise some good points. I'm not sure how well we've answered them, but mm. I'm not sure there's necessarily a hard and fast, clear answer. I think, I, it should, it should, I think one thing that we can say is, you know, Argyle fans... We should all consider ourselves lucky that we get to see 23 games on a fairly decent pitch, you know, because yeah. we only see the odd game, away game at yeah. some of these bad pitches. You know, mm. if you're certain teams, you see 23 games well, on these pitches and you're still paying quite high amounts of money. I, I saw the Newport County Morecambe highlights, mm. I don't know, on Quest. I think that was the night of the Bradford game. Or was it last week? I can't remember which. It might have been last... It might, I'm, losing track, I'm losing track of time already, but I saw the highlights on Quest of Newport County versus Morecambe and that pitch at Rodney Parade is... Mm. They don't intend it to be like that, but it is just And their fans are that 23 times a season. And their fans are paying money to go and see a game, games of football. And there is no way that anybody can play football on that pitch mm. and, and the way it is. And, and 
obviously, you know, we don't know when there's going to be another game of football, but um, the pitches are going to be an issue. And I, I, you know, do think that we do seem to be getting more and more wet winters. How many frosts have we had this winter? Yeah, yeah. And if we're going to get more wet winters, football is going to have to address it because you can't end up where you almost end up where like leave the non-league teams because they haven't got the money to invest in their pitches and well, that's what I was going to say. Miles you know, it's, miles going. it's a good point about League Two teams, but there's also grassroots football. Yeah. And whilst there might not be as much money and fans, in terms of community activity yeah. and look, kids keeping fit and Absolutely, adults yeah. using it, yeah. there's a need for money in so many places. Yeah, it? it's, it's, there's probably not going to be enough money to good, go around. Good question. Yeah, though, good actually. question. So, sorry, didn't answer at that time. I was away, but I yeah, hope, good, I hope qu- happy good question. Yeah. So you spoke briefly about your activity on Saturday. With no football yeah. on Saturday evening, what, what yeah. have you been up to? I think you're enjoying the... Enjoying might not be the right word, but The Voice, was it? The Voice. I think... I actually watched that last night, Sunday oh, night. It was on a... Repeat, it was on... We'd recorded it. Right, OK. Mrs Errington uh, quite likes The Voice. Um, it's the one thing with my, my happy life being a football reporter is that I either... I'm working on a Saturday night in the office or at home, or mm. I'm driving back for some far-flung corner of England, as you well know, Jack. Yes. You've, you've, you've I did got, it for a bit and then gave that yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take it too personally. I'm not silly enough to do it for 24 years. <laughs> uh, so I don't see Saturday night TV, mm. and I don't know much at all about X Factor and... Popeye, do they still go? Popeye hasn't been going for about 50 years. I don't know anything about these things. And the next Saturday, I take don't do it. Complete mystery to me. It's like, it's like alien to you. So isn't The Voice on a Saturday night, though? I think so, yeah. I don't watch The Voice. Oh. <laughs> it's the one show like that I don't watch. But anyway, yeah, not... I ended up watching it last night because, you know, I was looking through the... Well, there was some rugby league on Sunday afternoon, which was as bizarrely went ahead. Um, but anyway, so... I'm going to be watching some very different uh, different stuff. So, so the NFL have timed it quite well. Their, their season's not yeah, going their to season's not going to uh, is is out. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's all around the world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's not just here. I mean, that's what makes it so unique, surreal. There is nothing. I mean, Sky Sports. What they're just going to be showing repeat after repeat after yeah. repeat, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so. And, yeah, Mrs. and Mrs Brown's boys replaced Match of the Day. Yeah, I mean, that didn't, didn't sit well with a lot of people, did it? So, well, to be fair, there, how yeah. many millions of channels are there these days? Yeah. If you don't like it, you can quick, easily turn over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do think, though, there is... I do think there is scope for... There must be some old Match of the Days. We could do some classic Match mm. of the Days episodes and stuff like that. With all the old pitches now. We've just talked about the pitches. Yeah. If you have matched the day from 1975, look at some of the pictures there. Be interesting to see what the audience figures would be for something like it that. Would, I'm, I'm, no, I'm sure it yeah. would be quite. I, I, I just, be interesting. I just it. think we're going to get. We're going to get. I, I read somewhere on social media. I can't think where it was, but for people like you and I and, and the listeners to the podcast, football's part of your life. Mm. It's. I know it, it. It's in the big scheme of things, it isn't important. But when it's sort of taken away from you. It's, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? That's the thing I've noticed, especially since coming back, is it's not just watching football. I'll, I'll read football sports, I'll check it, scores all yeah. the time, even if I'm not watching it. Yeah. Or there's some football sort of normally Somebody, somewhere in your life. It's at some got, point. Football's got to the work state where there's a game. If you mm. want, you could watch a game every night, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah. And to suddenly find yourself looking down the TV channel like I did last night, thinking, what? There's like 100 channels, 200 channels? Mm. 
And I was looking down the guide and I couldn't find anything I wanted to watch. Tell you what, my bank balance will be happy that I'm not putting any bets on accumulators. That'll be sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, the <old laughs> DVD collection's going to get a dust off. Going to get a dust off, I think. Well, in all seriousness, mm. though, there are some serious issues to this. And I just yes. thought it's important to mention that from a sporting perspective, yes. myself and you, you mainly over the years, mm. meet a lot of people that work in sport on a freelance basis. Yes. And it's a worrying time for them right now. You know, games might be being called off, but luckily for you and me, we've mm. got a salary and mm. we've got our jobs. But there's a lot of freelancers out there that are probably wondering where their next paycheck's going to come from at the moment. Yeah, I mean, this is going to affect an awful lot of people. Mm. Of course it is. Um, so not diminishing the impact on anybody else because everyone is going to have their own implications yeah. and things to deal with. Just as a sporting but podcast. But from our, our goal chat yeah. podcast, it's all we can talk about, yeah. isn't it? We, as you rightly say, meet lots of freelance journalists, freelance broadcasters uh, who might do other jobs and do some sports commentaries and things like that or this, that and the other. And it's going to be very difficult for them because mm. how can you plan to try and get yourself through when you don't know how long you might not be having any match commentaries or any reports to write. And um, so, you know, without naming names, uh, I can think of several people I know that are in that boat and yeah. I can only wish them all the very best and, and hope that they can, you know, get through this really tricky period. But uh, it, it's, it's going to impact so many people. But yes, the, um, perhaps people don't realise there's a lot of people that work within sport and TV and radio particularly mm. are freelancers and they'll have regular contracts with broadcasters and so they won't necessarily be employed by Sky Sports or full-time, yeah. but they will do... It's, a piece of, so it's, it's definitely going to have an impact. Uh, there's going to be lots of um, sort of non-sporting updates, isn't it? You would imagine that governing bodies and things like that are yeah. going to keep issuing yeah. updates and, and what have you, but but the people that go and cover games on a Saturday, that's going to be an issue, isn't it? And like I said, just to reiterate the fact that we're not saying that no, other people in a, in a no. wider field aren't affected, but as a sporting just podcast... Just from our, our, our chat is podcast, talking about sport, um, it, those, those are some people that are going to be impacted. And so, as I mentioned, I've been away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned it much already on this podcast. Yeah. But so, briefly for me, and anyone who's been living under a rock or been away as well, what is the situation with football right now? So, that's a good question, isn't it? The EFL, no football till April the 3rd at the earliest. The Premier League, no football till um, oh, uh, April the 4th. Um, the EFL board are meeting this week. Uh, UEFA have got a big meeting on Tuesday with all the various stakeholders, the leagues, the clubs... I expect TV companies and all sorts. Um, no confirmation of yet that the Euros in this summer will be called off, but the, the theory seems to be that that day will get postponed until 2021 and that the leagues, UEFA, etc., will try. And if seasons have to be extended into May, June, then with the Euros not being there, they can try and finish the domestic seasons in all the various countries try and finish it, finish the seasons and then you just um, put your UEFA to 2021 and as we were talking about before we were recording this Jack the World Cup in 2022 is at the back end of 2022 because it's going to Qatar so there is a it's not like you're doing back-to-back summers of major tournaments yeah. so we'll see what happens the EFL put a statement out on Monday morning just before we recorded this and they have made it very clear that they don't want to get drawn into 
reacting to speculation about will seasons be finished? When will they be finished? The truth is, no one What knows, will happen they, next maybe. season? They did stress that no decisions are being yeah. made on that. What may happen next? Uh, and while we all want to, with no football to talk about, games to talk about, the inevitable then one is we're all going to speculate, well, when will, will this season be finished? It, it, when will it be finished? If it's not finished, will it be null and void? Will it be... Um, Will, will the tables count as they are now, even though some teams haven't played the same number of games? Um, if Do we carry on with this season until as long as it takes? And if it's... I don't know. I'm plucking things off the top of my head, but say say it doesn't get finished till July. And then do you say, well, next season starts later, we scrap cup competitions and we just play league games because the season's going to be shorter? Um there's also, you know, without getting too too technical about it, but players' contracts end yeah. at the end of June. Mm. Now, that's an issue, isn't it? What what are you going to do with that? If you're playing games in June, and you're out of contract two month two weeks later, and you've not got anything lined up, you know, how willing are you going to be to play and then find yourself out of contract contract two weeks later? Yeah. It's there's so many issues and logistics and everything to deal with. I mean, it is really going to challenge the football governing bodies. There's no two ways around it. Do you think there's any alternative to the, to calling games off? Now? Yeah, do you think this is the only option, really? Uh, I favour this than playing behind closed doors. Mm. I don't know what you think. I mean, Jack, you can look at it with your fans' hat on as well. I, the idea of carrying on playing behind closed doors is just... Um, I don't like the idea of that. I think football is about the fans, and if you, as a one-off, sometimes it's a necessity, isn't it? And sometimes there's like bans for a game or two. But you know, to to play the last nine games of the season behind closed doors, I just there's so many different aspects to it as well. You know, because in one point, from a selfish point of view, yeah. I want to see them. You know, especially yeah. in Devon Derby, I want to watch them. But what what happens if players start getting you know well, exactly getting tested positive? But I mean, in terms know. of behind the behind the closed doors, so I want to see them, so I didn't want that. Also. Clubs make money off revenue, mm. you know, yeah. from from these games. But then, you know, if you take it on the other side, and this is the problem with this debate, is there's arguments on both sides that logistically make sense. You yeah. know, if you played them behind closed doors, you mm. would then not have all these issues with the backlog and the contracts. And I can see arguments on both sides. I mean, and it's something that they might have to seriously consider doing to mm. finish the season. Uh, it might it might be a hit for the fans in the short term, but mm. to make the long term better, yeah. it's. But like I say, what happens if one club has three or four players that suddenly test positive for coronavirus? Yeah, yeah. And I know you, you could say, well, it's no different than you, if you have an injury crisis, but in the situation we're in, so then have teams mm. travel... Argyle have got an away game against Grimsby. Uh, are we really going to sort of expect teams at this time, and who knows what's going to happen in terms of lockdowns or whatever, but just as we sit here right now, could you really expect Argyle to go up to Grimsby and have, you know, potentially have players missing because of illness? And, and, and not just that, just say Argyle were going up to Grimsby mm. and Grimsby had one player that contracted coronavirus. Mm. Yes. It could have been passed to them. Why would they want to go up and risk, you know, it's, it, what I will say is I feel sorry for anyone that has to make decisions and that, that's mm. not just sport, that's governments. I'm, I'm not a fan of certain politicians but it can't be easy for anyone having to make decisions. Well, there's no rule book for this, I've never no. thought, is there? There's no, no uh, how to deal with this situation rule book. No. Um, so I think, you know, without getting too heavy about it, we've all got to let the governing bodies 
do their thing. I'm sure they're going to do what they think is the right thing. And then we've got to go with the flow. And I, we, I, what, what do we know about what's going on in the, in the big wide world around us and the coronavirus and everything, Jack, COVID, you know, 19, we, we don't know. So you've, you've got to put your faith and trust in, in the authorities, let them deal with the situation. And then at some point in time, we'll, we'll move forward and we'll have more answers. What I will say is I went to the shop for the first time after getting back off holiday and mm. I thought some of this toilet roll thing was a joke. I didn't mm. realise it was actually serious, mm. but I'm, I was surprised at how few things, certain items yeah. were, were lacking. A lot of pasta was missing, but the pasta sauces were in good stock, so people are going to be having dry pasta, it seems. But <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Before we go back to discussing the current situation, mm. I'm backed by popular demand of just yes. me. Well, we did, we did have a... When Stu and I did the podcast last week with Mike Parrish, who came I did listen to it. Talked about... Uh, uh, Plymouth Parkway. We did have a, a, a comment from a listener. I can't remember what his name was, saying that uh, he was missing the arm half-time teaser. Yeah, I, I, I can Jack, understand that. Somebody or other. No idea. No, no relation to me. <laughs> so I've got one. Okay. And I've made this one a little bit more tricky because it's oh. just you, Chris. Oh, no. But you'll probably get okay. it. Okay, right, okay. Right, so as always, I'll give clues. There's one clue I'll leave for after the break, yeah. um, which might give it away a bit. Okay. Clue number one. Yeah. This player was born on December 25th, mm-hmm. 1991, in Catford. So Christmas Day, uh, 9.28. Okay, yep. He made his first team debut in the League Cup second round on August the 24th, 2010, placing Edgar Davids as a late sub. Ooh, 2010. So he would have been 19 then. Okay, yep. He only made a handful of first team appearances for that club, had a loan spell at Barnet in 2011, Wickham in 2012, before moving to Argyll permanently on January 17th, 2014. Oh, now I should know this. Um, but it doesn't make for good podcasting if I sit here for ages trying to rack my brain thinking the answer. No, go and carry on. It might start to come clearer the more clues. Yeah. It was John Sheridan who wanted to sign the defender yeah. originally in the summer of 2013. However, the player was blighted by a kidney infection which hospitalised him. Mm-hmm. Any clues yet? It's ringing a bell, Jack, but I can't honestly say that yeah, I've got there yet. yet. No. He made his 10 appearances for the Pilgrims and was not offered a new deal at the end of that season. Um, yes, I think I've got it. Okay, don't say it yet. I think I've got it. Home. Since then, the left-back, mm-hmm. does that fit in? Mm-hmm. Who has never scored a goal in the Football League has been knocking about in non-league football. Playing for sides such as Boreham Wood, Eastbourne Borough and Maidenhead United. I've he, no idea what teams he's been playing for, yeah. He is currently with Faversham Town. Is he? According to okay. Wikipedia. Okay, yeah. That is the end of those clues. Okay, we'll right. We'll, we'll have a break now and then we'll okay. come back to the final clue. Right, okay. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. So Chris has been pondering. Yeah. He thinks he's got a name. I think I have. I'll read the last clue. Yeah. And then you can be honest and tell me if it was yes. the name that you had. Yeah. The club he signed for Argo from was Crystal Palace. If anyone doesn't know, Chris is a Crystal Palace fan, mm-hmm. which is why I deliberately left that out. <laughs> <didn't I? laughs> that would have given it away. Am I giving the name now? I'm giving the name now. Matthew Parsons. Correct. So when did you get that after the hospitalised uh, or after the, the 10 appearances? The kid, kidney. The kidney one. Yeah, the kidney. Matthew Parsons. He looked right for one or two games. And then sort of yes. Went off so the he's playing for Fashion Town. I think he was... I think he, 
either was from Kent or I did have some Kent connections and uh, he's played for a lot of clubs in between I remember he was playing like for Seven Oaks did you say Seven Oaks in your no, clubs no, no I think he played for Seven Oaks uh, played for Chatham Town as yeah, well so, um, a lot of clubs around that area yeah so crikey yeah, yeah that's a real blast from the past his career sort of not gone where perhaps people thought it might no, be well, from Palace you know he, yeah, he was he was at Palace for quite a while. Mm. Played a few games. What did you, did you say? I didn't say the amount of games. I, I think he played a few games at Palace. I think it was but, like six or seven. He yeah, played. Um, but um, but yeah, that was when John Sheridan made a lot of changes. That I don't. Was it still a transfer window? Was it transfer window in twenty fourteen? Oh, I can't, can't remember when transfer window started, but he did make a lot of changes that time. I, I could. I one of my biggest surprises. I forgot that Egidow was a played for Palace. Mm. So so there we go. Yeah. Still, so you still hundred percent record, I think. So that's quite impressive. Okay. So we've spoken briefly about the UEFA meeting on Tuesday yes. night. All fifty-five member associations are attending. Mm. Whatever decision anybody makes, people are going to be unhappy, aren't they? That's that's the yes. issue. Yeah. Um, I can't say they're going to set any dates about when things are going to no. resume. Uh, you would imagine that it's going to be. Uh, we're just going to have to see how this unfolds. Fifty-five member nation, member nations. You know. The, we're all at different stages of this um, crisis, aren't we? So uh, I think the, the Euros are going to get called off. That's one thing they can do. And maybe they can put in place plans to to potentially see what they can do with the Champions League and the Europa League. Um, oh. but I would have thought it would... Bigger picture is to try and get leagues done, maybe, but... That's got to be the priority, isn't it? Finishing the current league. Room. I would have thought that because financially, clubs mm. going up, down, it, mm. it makes it can make or break clubs. It's not just oh, they can play to forty six more games next year. Yeah. There's, there's money involved. It could mm. lose people losing their jobs. You know, mm. your your wife, mm. she works at yeah. a club. You know, she's yep. there are plenty of clubs that hire people. It's yep. an important issue, isn't it? I think they'll try and. I would have thought it might. What do I know? But just talking as a. As a football fan myself, I would have thought it would make sense to try and finish the domestic seasons. And if you can do that, but it means Champions League, Europa League, Euros don't get played or have to get pushed back or whatever, but, know, maybe so be it. But, but my, my, my point being with all the staff, there's so much more to this than mm. just getting the games competed, isn't there? Because yeah. like I said, yeah. I, I can't remember last I know, mm. going up from League One to the Championship was about £5 million difference, was there? Mm. You know, this is, this is big money, isn't it's, it? it Football's become a massive business, a worldwide massive global business, and because we've got a massive worldwide crisis now, it's it's going to be hit hard, isn't it? So, um, be interesting to see what comes out of that meeting on Tuesday. That's for sure. And Euro twenty twenty is on the agenda. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about that. Yeah, we've spoken about surely that it's going to be postponed. I'll be shocked. Yeah. Wasn't most other sporting events, marathons. Yeah. Formula One. Yeah. The Olympics surely has got to be I, next. I can't say how the Olympics will carry on. A lot of things are being postponed. So that's surely that's next. Chris, both you and Stu, you've got tickets. Yeah. The same game at Wembley. Yeah. I, I like to add, not together. I've not not been invited, <laughs> but you've you've both got games with your respective families. Yeah. Yeah, are, you, are, you, are you concerned as someone that's bought a ticket mm. are you concerned by that or are you just thinking you've got to do what's best yeah I can't see any way the Euros will get played mm. um, they're not the highest priority amongst all the other football issues that are going on I guess that people are speculating they'll just the Euros will get put back to 2021 and hopefully the tickets that we've got will, will still apply for the England second group game at Wembley 
in 2021. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not too concerned. So, so as a ticket holder, you're not wanting refund because it's quite it's quite an interesting place because you actually are a customer in this scenario. You're yeah. Not, 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 not saying this as a sports no. journalist or anything. No, I'm, I'm happy to leave it as it is. I mean, some people might want refunds, and I suppose everyone's got to be a bit understanding of the scenario. Yeah, it's, it's it's difficult for if you've got season tickets and you've got tickets for future matches. Yeah, you might say, well, I, I want my money back. I think. People have got to give clubs a chance to work out how they're going to move forward with this. Um, and it's each to their own. And I'm not saying um, what I'm saying is right or wrong, but just as an opinion, of, you know, maybe you've, rather than us all demanding refunds on this, that and the other, we've got to let people have a chance to work out how they're going to try and deal, deal with things. Um, so, but you know, I respect people that have different opinions. You know, I'm in a sort of similar boat. You know, in terms of our going, you know, I pay for my season ticket. Just saying, the rest of the season's going to be paid behind closed doors. Yeah. That being said, I'm happy for them to keep my money because I don't think fans can be saying, "Oh, let's go out and splash me on this person and this no. person," and then every time there's something like this, want money back all the time. I think not maybe our goal because you know someone has been very generous, but there are mm. some clubs mm. that will be needing every penny. I think yeah. at this time. I mean, in Germany, I saw they they're talking about sort of selling ghost tickets at some clubs where you 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 pay twenty quid for a ticket that. Doesn't you know for a game that doesn't exist? So, so Accrington did that for a cup. Game, exactly, it? Yeah, yeah, it was. So as a way of raising fans being able to pay to sort of help keep their clubs yeah. getting some some income through, whether there'd be any traction in that in in this country if it was announced that there's going to be a real long term. Because that that's the thing is that if just say they, just say it does come back and games are played behind closed doors because mm. they still don't want mass gatherings. Mm. In the short term, that would be frustrating for yeah us as fans, but mm. you still want there to be a club. Yes, at time. the end of it. Yeah. And if you're asking for money back and they're not getting any gate receipts, you know, for some clubs that could finish them off. And, mm. then you, and that's the last thing anyone wants, isn't it? More berries mm. and, and, and it's jobs. And it's just a, it's a, a big cycle, think, isn't it? You know, we've just got to try and keep as many businesses, sporting yeah. clubs, general businesses going as best we can. And, yeah. You know, we've all got to think big picture here and, you know, try and all get through I know Spain together. I think Spain is it that have now stopped cinemas from being used yeah. you know so much bigger than football isn't oh, it it's, it's, and again reiterate the fact that yes. we're just talking about sport because we're it's a just, podcast we're just a little Argyle chat podcast just talking about little things but in economically our own. there's so many businesses small yeah. businesses will be worried by this mm. it's, yeah. it's unheard of isn't it mm. The season at the moment, though, is due to start again in April, as things stand. I know mm. there are meetings this week, as you've discussed. Yeah. There is a real chance that that won't happen. I mean, yeah. there is numbers are still going up at the moment. Yeah, yeah we Again, I've got no insight. I'd only be speculating, and I'd rather not speculate about things. But it'll be you, hard push to get it started. It's, it's, I can't, I can't see it. But they've they've given themselves the the government, the football bodies, have given themselves time to put the pause button, sit and have a good long think, put some contingency plans in place, work out what could and so it's taken a little bit of you know they they can take their time. And then we'll get to a point where, whenever that is, where they can get guidance from government and see how things are going and, and, and when. I, I don't think they'll be putting a date on resuming mm. a hard and fast date anytime soon. But Everything's you know, we'll be quite loose, isn't it? We'll see. It'll be interesting when it does come back, though, mm. because it's hard to imagine a scenario where it will only come back when everyone's fully cured mm. and there's no such thing as current. That's going to be tough. So it'll be interesting whether there'll be yep. hand sanitizers more readily available and all this sort of precautions at a, at a more, more local level. I would have thought definitely. I mean, there was for the... What was the last game we played at Home Park? I've been aware, I don't know. Macclesfield. <laughs> yes. Macclesfield game. Yeah. 
Maxfield, yes. Maxfield game, there's a lot more was there? sanitizers, notices, things like that around. So, yeah, I'm sure that will be the case going forward. So, the, sadly, there will be no Devon Derby next week. Well, not on the football pitch anyway. No, no. Um, but there will be a Devon Derby of a kind. You've done a story on this this morning, Chris, haven't you? That's gone up on the website. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I spoke to, to, to Dan Cole, Argyle communications officer. Um, popped up over the weekend that Argyle have challenged Exeter to a game of Twit- um, Connect Four on Twitter. Um, you can copy and paste things, and you can Argyle will use green emojis, Exeter will use the red emoji, and you can. Uh, Follows on from Hull against Bayer Leverkusen, was yes, it? Yes, that's right. Randomly. And, and Dan said to me that Southampton and Man City had a game of noughts and crosses yeah, and, and things like that. So, again, not diminishing the seriousness of, of, of anything, but a bit of fun, a bit of something that people can you know, get involved in and engage in. And uh, So they're going to do it apparently next Monday night at the time the game would have been taking place. So uh, Dan was saying that they're going to have to do a bit of practice in and see who the best person that Argyle is to, uh, to represent the club against Exeter. I think it's a great idea and it's a bit of fun. Um, it's good to see both clubs sort of, you know, getting involved yeah. and on board with this. And, uh, you know, who, who knows what else we might end up... Uh, who knows what stories uh, you'll be writing? Um, you know, I had football manager games going on over the, over the weekend, didn't they? And who knows what might happen to give us our football fix. So, um, so Chris, tactically, what do they need to do to win the game of Connect Four? What, 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 what would you recommend? Get the four <laughs> green-coloured counters in a row, either horizontally... Diagonally and vertically. That's not the answer you were looking for, is it? Um, I was wondering if you do an in-depth tactic. <laughs> is there an uh, in-depth match ta- preview? Is there a match preview I can do on... Does it help if you go first or second in Connect 4? I'm not really sure. I, if I go first, I always go in the middle first of all. Yeah. That's always my go-to start. Um, so, it's uh, a bit like Norton Crosses. It does help if you go first because you get the middle space, don't you? As somebody... As, oh, a few people have mentioned the, the, the four bit is a bit unfortunate considering that Argyle lost 4 nil at... Uh, Connect 4 nil. that's so, what... Yes, yeah. exactly. So, um, but uh, I think it's a good idea and um, it's something that people can perhaps have a bit of fun with and... Uh, and that's no bad thing, is it? It's good to keep up a little bit of light amongst all the darkness. Absolutely. So I think that's about everything that we were going to discuss. Yes. Um, we are, do you want to speak about, we're planning to do some sort of Facebook Live this week, aren't well, we? Well, it was you, you, your sort of idea. So uh, we, we all need a football fix, don't we? And if there's no games, uh, Jack and I were... <laughs> Get to see our faces instead. <laughs> Jack and I were thinking of doing a Facebook Live on Thursday. There will be developments between now and then... Um, Probably more in general football than, mm. than, than maybe at Argyle level, but we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. So we were thinking if we do, do a Facebook Live Thursday lunchtime-ish, um, uh, you might well be able to see us and we can just talk football. Ask us, some, to ask generic ask questions. Ask us any questions. Have a bit of fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, feel free to, to ask any questions. Jack and I will be, uh, will be here. We'll be in well and we can have a chat and... And see how it goes, and we can talk a bit of football, and it it gives us our, our, our football fix for the day because there might not be anything in, on the TV in the evening to, to help us do that. So we will promote that uh, on uh, Plymouth Live and social media and what have you. So uh, if you've got any questions, you know, bear in mind that there's meetings planned for, for Tuesday and and what have you. So send us your questions, and we can talk about it. And the the beauty of Facebook Live is that you can have that interaction. Yeah. 
and so you can take part. So I think that's that's the plan. We'll we'll let you know more on on social media. But you know, if you can join us on Thursday lunchtime or catch up obviously later, you know, in the day. I'll write a few questions. I might I'll tell you what I might do. I might give you a you know the twenty questions. I might do a Chris special do a, twenty questions. Do a twenty questions. Yeah, because. Um, did you do the one for Ryan Luck? Me and Stu worked that, that together. That was yeah. really good. So and, and Neil Warnock, to be fair, I mean, he, he got stuck in... Stu did that all by himself. I can't take any credit for that one. So, yeah, do a, 20 questions or something like that. And I'll, ask, I'll ask you a few tough we'll see, ones as well. We'll see what we can come up with and try and keep some, uh, some Argyle chat, uh, Argyle football-related podcasting and Facebook lives to, to keep us... Keep us going. And hopefully we'll try and get, we'll just, try and get a guest on for next week, aren't we? Yes. Fingers crossed. We don't yeah. know who yet, but we'll try. We'll, we'll try and get a guest so we can so you don't have to listen to just me and Jack again. Uh, and we'll try and shake it up a little bit. And we've not done too bad recently, have we? You know, we've, we've had Ryan Lowe and Neil Warnock and... Uh, Neil Warnock was a good one. Uh, Mike Parrish came in and he saw made, us. And Neil Warnock made his debut on um, <laughs> Sky Sports News of Soccer Saturday yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And he was very good at it, actually. So you say we scooped Sky Sports News? We did. We beat them. <laughs> Uh, it was on. It was on. They heard his podcast. But we need to get him on the show. Obviously, tell you what, he was fantastic though. I. Yeah. Some people get a gig on that show, and mm. I think they're awful. But he was very good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, there's more of that. But thank you so much for joining good, us, good Jack. Welcome back. Good to have you back in the back in the office. All healthy and well. And as well. yeah, wish everyone well yeah. out there. Um, you know, look after yourselves, and uh, we look forward to maybe seeing you on the Facebook Live on Thursday. And we'll be back with a podcast at the same time next week. Thank you. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.